And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. You sound better. I do sound better, and I am better. Thank you for asking. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for some of our listeners. So this is our first pick of the day. Truckers strike. So the strike by unionized truckers has entered its 14th day, but seems to be losing steam with the return to work order expanded to more key industries. What's the latest, Adam? That's right. So a return to work order for cargo truckers in the steel and oil sectors was not on the table during yesterday's cabinet meeting. The presidential office said the cabinet's deferral of the order does not mean, though, that the case has been Mm. closed, leaving room for uh, additional discussions. So it is still uh, a possibility. Uh, Cement supply across the country is also returning to a normal level at the cabinet meeting. Prime Minister Handok Su reiterated the government's tough stance against what he called illegal acts by striking truckers. So far, the executive order has led to state-led investigations of 45 truckers out of just over 790 who received the order. Um, President Yoon also ordered senior aides to come up with measures to minimize damage from the strike. Mm. Uh, Fewer truckers are now taking part in the collective action uh, a week after the return to work order was issued. So it seems like um, fewer people are... Uh, taking part in this strike, but it does seem like they are still, though, discontent mm. with uh, the um, the issue at hand with this right. whole freight rate system uh, and discussions on that between the government and these truckers still remain to be seen. All right. Uh, the government has remained pretty adamant about their hardline stands. Uh, President Yoon going as far as to say that these truckers who have not returned to work are holding the economy hostage. So it's worth looking at what's the extent of the damage so far. Are there any improvements? Right. There are certain improvements, uh, but there is still some damage nonetheless. Uh, major cement manufacturers uh, shipped a combined 59,000 uh, of tons of cement from their factories in North Chungcheong province as of Monday. That's 95% of the level before the truckers strike. Uh, additionally, container traffic uh, yesterday morning through 10 a.m. reached 114% of the normal level across 12 seaports in Korea. The number of truckers on strike came to 5,300 as of Monday. That's down 45% from the first day um of the strike meanwhile korea's steel and oil industries are reeling from the impact of the strike as the supply disruption shows no signs of abating according to data from the korea iron and steel association the financial damage this steel sector suffered in the wake of the strike amounted to 1.2 trillion one this stems from a delay in a combined 920,000 tons of steel related shipments by Five steelmakers in Korea, including POSCO and Hyundai Steel. Petrochemical Industry Association also said in a statement that the pile of of inventory in the petrochemical industry is putting petrochemical firms on the brink of suspension, which could cause them to lose out on a combined 123.8 billion won revenue on average daily. Um, Separate data from the Korea National Oil Corporation showed that 81 gas stations were out of stock as of yesterday, 2 p.m., down from 96 a day prior. So it seems like there are some more gas stations uh, able to get some more oil supplies. 
Overall, government data shows that the strike has caused supply disruptions of goods worth an estimated three and a half trillion won in five key sectors. So the damage has been alleviated mm-hmm. somewhat, but still existed. All right, let's move on to our second keyword of the day. North Korea's provocations continues for the second day in a row. This is our second keyword. More shells. So North Korea has fired a barrage of artillery rounds into waters near South Korea for the second consecutive day. What's the latest, Adam? Right, South Korea's strategies of staff said it detected North Korea firing around 90 artillery rounds from the eastern coastal town of Kosong around 10 a.m. and another 10 rounds from the nearby town of Kumgang around 6 p.m. So two rounds in one day. It said the shells landed in the northern side of the maritime buffer zone the Korea's established in 2018 to reduce border tensions. Uh, the South said it communicated verbal warnings to North Korea and urged it to abide by the military agreement. Uh, the South Korean assessments were slightly different from details announced by North Korea's military, which said it fired 82 shells from multiple rocket launchers. Uh, the regime says the firings are in retaliation to live fire drills in Charon um, by South Korea and the US, which wrapped up yesterday uh, in effect. Uh, a North Korean official said Seoul was being hypocritical in criticizing Pyongyang for breaching the 2018 agreement, saying the South violated the agreement first. Uh, South Korea's defense ministry said the drills were conducted outside of inter-Korean buffer zones, refuting the North's statement. In response to the persisting North Korean provocations and threats, the UN administration will reportedly start labeling North Korea's regime and its military Mm. as South Korea's enemy in a soon-to-be-published defense white paper. The term had been excluded by the previous president, uh, Moon Jae-in. So, again, uh, these are more revelations of more tensions to come. Mm. We were expecting about phase from the previous administration, but it seems that more steps seems to highlight that exact pivot. Let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Early redemption charge. So with many facing economic hardships, uh, the government and ruling party have decided to push for banks to scrap early redemption charges imposed by major banks. What does this exactly entail? Right. Well, for those who don't know, the early redemption charge or early redemption penalty is basically the penalty pays for paying off a loan early. Uh, The government and the PPP want to scrap the charge for lower income households and businesses because, of course, they are the most susceptible to financial damage and hardships during these uh, gloomy times. Mm. They are also pushing to reduce online transaction fees that small business owners have to pay. Uh, A special loan of 4% interest will also be issued from next year for uh, one year as well. All these measures came in their meeting to discuss ways to help the financially vulnerable. Uh, Interest rates are all-time highs, causing concern among the working class, especially the income and the uh, financial gap between the rich and poor seems to be widening even more during this period. Mm. Um, details of the government and PPP's plan still need to be ironed out, though, uh, such as who would be eligible for such right. exemptions of these early redemption charges and other uh, financial support as well. Uh, all these um, issues or factors considering uh, the credit ratings of each people uh, need to be considered as well. 
All right, we'll leave it there for now as we move on to our COVID-19 coverage of the day. This is our fourth keyword. Mask rule. So earlier this week, uh, you and I discussed on the program about uh, some of these provincial government's decision to lift the last standing indoor face mask rule. It prompted some confusion and a response from the central disaster headquarters. Now, Korea's top infectious disease expert says the indoor mask mandate could be lifted as early as next month. That's right. So Chang Gisog uh, made the remark on a radio program and asked about the PPP representative Kwon Song-dong's earlier call for preparations to lift the restrictions from late January. And Chang said late January did not seem improbable, citing favorable data. He added that given the increasing vaccination rate and the growing number of COVID-19 patients, both natural and artificial immunity will increase resistance to the disease among the public by the end of next month. Hmm. He noted he expects the KDCA will offer a roadmap following sufficient discussions, adding this will be available by late this month. So we could see some updates on the last remaining restriction uh, in a few weeks' time. Earlier, health authorities said a decision on lifting indoor mask rules will be made as early as the upcoming spring, Hmm. but it seems the timeline might come sooner than expected. Uh, Chung's comments came as some local governments, as you mentioned, plan to lift indoor mask rules autonomously from next year. Uh, There's been a lot of tension between these local governments and the central government on that issue. Uh, But Chung, meanwhile, expressed opposition to their moves for the time being. He said quarantine policies must be consistent across all regions. Uh, As a condition for lifting indoor mask rules, Chung uh, suggested achieving additional vaccination goals during the winter season, especially. He also cited a decrease in the rate of severe cases, the number of deaths, and an increase in the prescription rate of oral COVID-19 drugs Mm. as some prerequisites for uh, lifting the rule. If you take a look at the recent headlines, it seems that the number of infections and the severe cases were not as high as it was projected to be this winter season. So that might be a signal for the central uh, uh, disaster headquarters to maybe do a little bit of change and move that timeline to lift the indoor face mandate or... And also there's different angles to consider, like what are the consequences of having these masks on for three years? For young students, it seems that there are more long, long lasting consequences. Yeah, I mean, this whole indoor face mask uh, rule has been the center of controversy ever since all the other Mm. restrictions have been eased. A lot of countries worldwide have basically scrapped uh, the rule as well. Korea seems to be one of the remaining few countries to still have the rule in place. Mm. Uh, And basically, they're saying this, the rule itself is being inconsistent, because a lot of people eating at restaurants, for example, they're Mm. pretty much all maskless while eating. So It kind of defeats the purpose in some way. Uh, So we'll have to see what the government uh, comes up with. It seems that these provincial governments just want an answer from the central government and that they got. Uh, We'll have further details, like you said, within the next few weeks. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Life expectancy. So data suggests that the pandemic has slowed the increase in average life expectancy in the country. And the thing is, we're living longer and healthier lives in general. But this is kind of a slowdown. Tell us the details. That's right. So the life expectancy of Korean babies born last year reached 83.6 years. So boys and girls born in 2021 are expected to live 
80.6 years and 86.6 years, respectively. So still, life expectancy for uh, the female gender is still a bit longer than their male counterparts. The gender gap in life expectancy continued to fall since hitting a peak of 8.6 years in 1985. The average life expectancy at birth in 2021 marked a slight rise from 83.5 years, tallied a year earlier. So it is a bit of a slowdown in terms of the growing pace. Uh, Korea's life expectancies for men and women are 2.9 years and three and a half years longer than the average of of the OECD. The chance that a baby born last year could die of cancer stood at 20.1%, followed by heart disorders with 11%, Pneumonia with just under 9% and cerebrovascular diseases with just over 7%. Now, if the risk of death from cancer is excluded, the life expectancies of the babies increase three and a half years. Mm. The data also showed a 60-year-old Korean man in 2020 is expected to live for the next 23 and a half years, while women have just over 28 years more. For those aged 40 last year, men are expected to have just under 42% remaining years for their life expectancy. The number is 47.4 years more for women. A baby boy born last year has a 63% possibility of reaching 80, while the chance of a baby girl living up to that age came to 81 0.7%. So if we look at the, if we compare the figures to say, I don't know, a decade ago or a couple of decades ago, it certainly is higher. But of course, the pandemic has slowed these figures somewhat. Mm. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a safe day and we'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.